I don't, did you, I don't know, like, there, she's out there. You're the Florida version of Sex in the City, JV. That's what I was smoking my cigar. <laughs> don't be an asshole today. Rainbow Remix, the best, the best of Pride, of Pride June, June 2022. 2022. Uh, some Pride wear. Woo! Oh, nice. Love there it. it. Is. Lo I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I figured uh, we got what, two, two more shows to make it through Pride Month? Mm hmm. And I think I've worn every piece of Pride clothing we have, I have now. <laughs> so. Good for I you. Have, I might have to rainbow tie-dye something between now and next show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I bet you know how to do that, too. I don't. Oh. <laughs> I don't. It's painful. Well, <laughs> I was telling uh, Tyler, I was telling Denise about the distillery you were telling me about. Yes. The, so uh, let, could you, that. yeah, could you explain? Because I, I don't, when we were I'm talking the phone, yes. yeah. And when I was talking with you, Tyler, the phone kept cutting in and out. Yeah. So I, that's why if I asked you a question and it was something you already told me, yeah. I probably didn't hear it. So fill us in on this yeah. amazing distillery. Yeah. So, so I was looking for doing a cocktail for uh, Pride Month. And um, just with the bar scene, there's a lot of you know, interest in everything. And our distributors try to help out and you know, provide products and everything. But this one was provided. It's called St. Luna. And it is a it is a very um, refined moonshine. It truly it's a, it's an oh. unaged whiskey, um, charcoal filtered but unaged. Um, and it's one of only a a, a really small kind of handful of um, LGBTQ plus uh, owned distilleries in the in the world. Wow! Uh, and wow. Yeah, and the the head distiller is a personal friend of one of my distributors. So he's sold us this product. I've used St. Luna in multiple cocktails, not knowing the backstory. It's just a really cool, uh, they use rye and molasses when they make it. So uh, cool. yeah. So it's got <laughs> oh, these really yeah. cool notes. If you want to use it with something a little more acid forward, you get a little bit more of kind of those like sweet notes out of it from the molasses. And if you want to make kind of a more complex cocktail, you get the sweet notes. But if you do something a little more stirred and up, you get those rye spice out of it. So it's really cool, really unique product um, and very, very interesting. Also the time you know, coming up on June, it was fun to have that and kind of yeah. figure out what I wanted to do with it. Uh, and then uh, his business partner, uh, who does a lot of their cocktail side, is is a trans woman as well. So they've got a really cool dynamic there. Their website's really cool. Their products are really cool. And while I was doing some research on them, I went to their cocktail sections, and they know how to make cocktails. Oh, <laughs> that's I, great! They have your seal of approval. Yes. Let's yeah. So well, I didn't. I didn't even take any any major liberties. I just took one of their cocktails off of their website. Um, oh. That they call the Moonlight Revival, revival, just to kind of showcase like their like their moonshine with a couple kind of interesting, oh, recognized ingredients. Right. And when I was reading through that one and wanted to taste it, it's amazingly balanced, uh, really, really fun, a little bit of herbaceousness, uh, not too sweet or anything, which you get sometimes on those. Um, the the distiller's website sometimes go a little sweet for This is a very nice balanced cocktail that doesn't need any, any major changes. So uh, I threw a couple things at the board, wanted to be creative and said, you know what, they've done a great job, made a great product and have a great story. I'm just going to run, run their Moonlight, Moonlight I, Revival. I like it. Wow. Moonlight Revival. Yeah. 
It's Saint, you know, and again, Saint Luna. Yeah. I like Saint it. Luna. I like the name. I like the bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. That would be a great name for a song, Moonlight Revival. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, again, it doesn't smell like moonshine or like white lightning. I was going to say like we that. shouldn't be put off by the by the label of moonshine. No, and I and I love it's that they like went with the name moonshine out of a mason jar. Yeah, not at all. Okay. Um, they they took a product that's very American, very to the roots. Um, the owner has roots in Tennessee. Um, they distill in North Carolina, but tying back into a really big American tradition that gets overlooked and, and underplayed and really trying to refine right. it and, and go go from there. And they've made a perfect product, um, really highlighting what they're trying to do. Okay. So this is gonna start just an ounce of the St. Luna. On their website, they called for uh, Lillet Rosé, which is another, um, I'm gonna use Koki Rosé, which is their quinated um, aromatized wines. So quinine is the Up ingredient that goes into tonics yes. to make them kind of bitter and tangy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I this is going to be- a thing. Yeah, so it's going to be kind of a, a tangy um, vermouth almost. It's not quite a vermouth, but it's still aromatized and infused wine. We're going to go one ounce. One to one. Of the, okay. For me, Koki Rosa. And then they called for um, Combier, which is going to be a brandy-based orange liqueur. Nice. Um, and I hadn't worked with you it before. Have can you do like a Grand Marnier or something? Yeah, you can use a Grand Marnier. You could probably use a Cointreau if you were really in a pinch. Um, you could you probably want to add a little bit um, less citrus, uh, but you could use a triple sec or something like that. But okay. um, I had never worked with the, with the Combier, so I wanted to give it a shot. And it's <laughs> very nice, very round. Again, thinking like a kind of a Grand Marnier uh, Cointreau type field. Um, I think this is a little a little more mellow, kind of cuts nicely and marries a little better. It doesn't quite get those like really sharp high notes that you sometimes get. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And it doesn't quite have some of those glycerin effects that you get in some of those products. Oh, good. So I was very pleased. I'm going to go an ounce okay. of that. So, so far I'm at an ounce of St. Luna, an ounce of Koki Rosa, and an ounce of the uh, Combier. Then to balance all that, just a half ounce of lemon juice. Um, oh. I found this very fascinating to do a, a three, three part equal parts cocktail and then add the, the lemon to balance citrus. Um, part of the reason why I thought it was very interesting when I made it, it works very, very nicely. <laughs> so All right. from there, um, you've now added citrus. So normally I would have stirred something with this bill, but we're gonna shake it now, get it all nice and married. Right. <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> I know, I feel like we should have some particular theme for that (laughs) then these are the new shaker tins that i got for my birthday so i'm still figuring them out but they're fantastic those are those are look like the ones that you have at the bar that i never get apart so they they need to get worn in a little bit when they're brand new and they haven't kind Mm -hmm. of been been deformed they do seal really really nicely almost too nice sometimes yeah there was Um, a trick to it like tapping it in a certain place on the bar or whatever and it i never could get it i never i I remember having pool wars trying to get (laughs) (laughs) no it is it is one of the most frustrating skills because you either get it and you're lucky and once you get it you figure it out or you don't and you're three years as a bartender still trying to figure out how to it has to something to do part. with like that that seal, like it, you know, yeah. to to knock just a little zip of air, like to get it <laughs> unsealed, and I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Exactly. You don't want to be like 
then for from from their website they wanted to do a rosewater infused absinthe spritz um wow. I, yeah wow. my spritzer is currently out of commission i did not have time wow. to order a new one uh so what they what the recipe is is it's one um teaspoon of rose water into five ounces of uh absinthe Instead that's of, so good hey, yeah. isn't it minty is absinthe minty? absinthe is a, a anise so a little bit reminiscent of oh like, okay but, yeah but again when you do spritzes and things like that you're just getting that aroma and you know you're using it more as a bitter than as um just like your but uh through my through my uh, perusings, there there's been this thing called the Ohen cocktail. It's very mm -hmm. popular in um, New Orleans for a while. It was just as popular as your Sazerac. Um, oh wow! And your yeah. Bucare. So it was very very popular in the early 1900s. And Ohen is an anisette from Spain that okay. for some reason took off in New Orleans. There's not really a good connection. Like the story isn't even <laughs> there. It's just really it became this really <laughs> high end product that the who's who like to drink, so everyone drinks. Like wow. it should be from France, not Spain. Yeah, New Orleans, and, right? it just, <laughs> and it just ties in, but they they liked it. And so I have my little mixture here based okay. on those same proportions. And since I don't have my spritzer, I'm just going to rinse the glass in it like you would, you know, if you're going to do a martini or a sazerac. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Rinse, still get those aromatics and everything. Fancy. Ooh. Fancy. Then with all of my new bar tools. Wow. Oh. Nice. Look Going at through. that. No more improvising at home. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the full kit right. now. And if you look at it, it's got this oh, amazing color. Like that is really, really pretty. pretty color. It's, wow. It's too light to really call pink. And I think that's awesome. Like it's, it's like mm -hmm. it's blushy. Yeah. It's just blushy. Yeah. Blush is the perfect word. Yeah, like a cool yes. blush. Mm. That's nice. And that I feel like I want to smell it. Oh. With the rose water in there, <laughs> oh, just, I bet. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> I get bet. rose water, just a hint of that kind of star anise, like licorice nose. Um, it's just like floral and bright, and oh my god, that sounds that so, so good. good. Yeah. Oh, and it drinks amazing. You get a lot of um, a lot of the sweet notes out of that. Like it kind of cuts the rye down. You've added some citrus. You've thrown in the coqui rosa to balance that out. It is just fantastic. Oh wow! Can we get that um, that liquor that moonshine so, here, or is it only in uh, in Memphis? Is so it it's local? distilled and produced out of North Carolina. So I am pretty oh. sure you should be able to get it, baby. Um, oh, I have no idea if they're cool. exporting to the UK. So yeah, that, just have to come back again. lesson. <laughs> always the last but, over here. Always the last. But you know we have a lot of like queer brewing companies. You know, and what I like about that is like they'll, that ships right to your door, you know, and you can mix and match like different brews. Yeah. Mm -hmm. make, mm -hmm. You know, like make your own six pack or. Yeah, five. that's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there is uh, one that I follow and they, you know, like I've bought the merchandise and everything. I have the like all beers, gay beer hat. and Yeah. Know, yeah. So they're um, queer brewing and I and I, I do like them, but it is hard to find those super trendy you know like i'm sure mm -hmm. boy i could walk into the american bar and ask for you know a drink like on that scale but mm -hmm. you're gonna find that in a pub 
you're mm-hmm. just never going to find that in a, in a high street pub or, you know, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the hard thing. And I just don't, I can't. And that's, I'm fortunate that one of my distributors is personal friends with, with yeah. the distiller because oh, it's in yeah. every bar. It's in every bar in Memphis just about, but that's because we have a, a very good champion for them. Oh, um, great. And, and wow. more than happy to have it. Like I said, I've been using it for over a year and had no idea the backstory. It's just an awesome product. Do they so. do anything else or is that just their signature? To, to my knowledge, this is what they're sticking with right now. They're relatively new. Um, so they're just really getting this brand out there. Um, and again, like I said, their cocktail program, I went through, they've got about 15 cocktails posted on their website at St. Luna and they know what they're doing. And it's cool to read, to read some, some distiller cocktails that, that read like a cocktail. Menu. So that's really, that's, that's, I like, I like hearing that, you know, that not only are they making like a quality product, but they know what they're doing with their cocktails. <laughs> My pride docs. Perfect. Oh, look at you're so prideful. I think they still have these uh, on Doc Martin website. They had another version of them years ago, which was actually more like this bottle. Yeah. And they a little bit like clown shoes. The whole shoe was that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So this is cool because it's the laces and the and it's got the stitching is also. It's hard to see, but the stitching is colors too. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I came up. This was my other Pride Month little gem that I found. I totally forgot. I took one of my songs from my very first CD and I made it into a dance version. And it was like, kind of like Believe, like Cher's Believe, like that style dance. Okay. I totally forgot about it. So I'm like, I'm going to do, I'm going to put that on my, on my, I swear I'm going to put it on the end of of this show. So it'll be okay. Out the show with it. And uh, I'm gonna put it on my my social media. I'm gonna put it's yes. called Lover You Once Knew. And I never really released it. I did it and I didn't feel like I sounded great doing that kind of music. Like I but I'm listening back to it now. I'm like, that was pretty good. Like, why didn't I why didn't I put it out there? You know, but it was I was doing country music then and it was so yeah. different from everything right, I did. Right, right. Yeah. One little part where we want to hear that. I do. There's this one little part where I do like a speaking thing, but it's kind of a rap kind of a thing. And then somebody told me, What is happening here? You know what? You're way too white to rap. You really should not be rapping. And I'm like, (laughs) You're not not like soulful enough, you know, to be rapping. But I did it anyway. And I'm like, Listen, sometimes they rap in country music now, so they brought it back a little bit. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to send you that when we're done. I'm going to oh, send good. you. Oh, good! I want my own, my very own copy. <laughs> <laughs> I can never say I didn't try every avenue of everything, including True. the dance song. But I always but, feel like, like for me, like I, um, I go, I go big for, I go big and hard for a long time, and then it exhausts me, and I'm back <laughs> in like oh, I can't, I'm too old for this, you know? So <laughs> I, I found the, just the perfect thing. Um, and I, I, I've, I've told you about this, but I don't know that we've talked a lot about it on the show, but so I have this friend, Linda Anderson, who is an amazing writer, director, producer, and she um, is, is very into animation right now. So mm-hmm. she We've been friends since like 2006. We met at my very first Girls at Gay Days 
event in 2006. Mm, like, wow. She was one of the first people that uh, Donna and I met at this, at Girls at Gay Days. And we were there with all a bunch of homo guys. Like mm-hmm. we were with a bunch of Mo's and we didn't really know anything. You know, we only knew, like I always say, like we're very familiar with our three foot by three foot square, you know, like centers <laughs> yeah. in Fort Lauderdale. We didn't, we right, went right. to Orlando or anything. So this was huge for us. And this was like, they went all out. The guys like rented a villa and we all stayed there. It was like me, Donna, Vicky, and probably like five guys all stayed yeah, in this one yeah. villa. And they drove us to the girls' events, like the girls' hotel, and just dropped us off one night. <laughs> and we didn't know what to do or what we were supposed to be doing, but they were premiering like a short um, called Tell Me. And it was directed by Lynn, written and directed by Linda Anderson. So, you know, we had the privilege of, of getting, you know, to meet her before mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm screening and and we got to go to the screening and all that and we just had like a lot in common like I feel like we sat and talked you know for the rest of the evening and every after after that like every girls at gay days we would always see each other and we kept in touch on Facebook and everything and then her and her wife moved to California because that's Linda was like serious about filmmaking and you know she knew that she needed to be in the epicenter of it you know and that's when I was moving here um, and we still like kept in touch and stuff, but you know, you know, life kind of gets in the way and you just don't keep up unless you see something or you give something a like on Facebook or whatever. Well, I get this email from Linda a couple of weeks ago saying, I, I listen, I just wrote this script um, and I'm doing it in cartoon. And I wanted to know if you would do some voice work for me for some of the characters. And I was like, what? So I read the script and I loved it. And it was so integral to our friendship because when I made it out to LA in like 2009, I think, um, mm-hmm. or maybe it was after that, maybe it was 2009. I don't know. But anyways, Linda picked me up to take me to lunch and the entire afternoon, all she did was bitch about the parking in LA, like just <laughs> constantly. So she, um, told me that, uh, there's nobody parks in LA. And I, I distinctly remember her saying that, so I get the script and it's called Nobody Parks in LA. And wow. it is exactly oh, about great. that. So I was like, oh, this is full circle. So I did the voice work and it was really fun, but I it made you really understand how difficult it is to make a cartoon. Like, yeah. you know, when we were talking about it, you know, after I had finished my work and we were just catching up, she was telling me what it takes. And I was just like, oh my God, like you got to have some serious patience. So I told her I had this idea of um, making some of our best bits from the lesbian lounge into little cartoon episodes, like really short five minute little episodes. And her face just lit up and she was like, we can do this. We can do this. So uh, we contacted, she found an animator uh, through a website and it turns out that he lives 14 minutes from here, from me here in England. So her and his name is Steve Cavalcanti. He's a Brazilian. He lives here and he is an amazing animator. And he created cartoons of me and Donna and Vicky just from pictures. But um, like we got to know each other through messages and I was sending him links to some videos back in the studio, the old days. 
and uh-huh, pictures, uh-huh. And pictures and pictures like do you have a side picture do you have a front on picture do you have a full length body picture finding all these pictures and then mm-hmm. you know to see him create something that was so cute and so fun and so now Linda is we're going to do what's called the TLL Tunecast and it'll just be a couple of best bits of the lesbian lounge but it'll be us in cartoon form that is so, so cute I yeah. This is just my speed. Like, this is just my speed. Like, you know, I I don't have to do that much. I mean, I, Don and I are going to get together and record some lines for the teasers and the trailers and everything. But I'm finding like some really funny bits in old, old shows Mm -hmm. and just kind of like whittling them down to, you know, anywhere between three and seven minutes like when we have a good guest like Kate McKinnon or yeah, yeah. Uh, when we had um, Jill Zarin from Bravo's uh, Real Housewives of New York. Like those were like super funny shows. So I've just clipped those bits down and sent them to Linda and mm-hmm. hopefully we'll have some laughs. Like it'll, it's, it's retro, but cartoon, like animation is, there's such an explosion of it right now. Oh yeah, yeah. that is Jeez. so amazing. Like yeah. how everything you worked for and did all those years ago is now again coming to life in a different way. In a I different think form. Yeah. So cool. yeah. It and doesn't like, it doesn't feel redundant. It just mm-hmm. feels like because it was always a podcast, people never I mean, there was a, a short time where they could see us when we were doing it live. Mm-hmm. When we just were putting out recordings of the podcast, right. you know, that, that took that away. So now it's like people can see a little bit of, of us, but in cartoons. Oh, form. yeah. Yeah. I so think it's that fun. it's just great that, you know, it's, it's, you never know in this business, you never know in life in general, but, yeah. you know, when something you worked on may come back to be relevant or come back to be something really cool that you thought was something you did yeah. in, back in the day. And yeah. it's just great that you'll be like immortalized as cartoon characters. As a cartoon not, character. not everyone gets that. You know? Perfect. I'm so much thinner in a cartoon. It's amazing. I love gay pets. That's yeah, that's my faves. And we do, and we do that one for because of the fact that uh, you know the, some of them, some of them are almost like placeholders because because you know the pet market is is a is a big yeah. one. Yeah, and there are a lot of lovers online and they're sharing. So we kind of put those together with no business to be had yet, but just right, kind right. of like building up, building up a, a, a following. And, and and it is. But the crazy part is, is that the ones that really, every one of them is is different. Some some regions have a lot more followers than we can ever follow back because they're just so eager for, you know, just there, there's an eagerness in some regions that you don't find in others. The yeah. more remote it is. South Africa is very eager. South Africa is very on it. They, you know, they really post. And so, the, but the quirky ones become like, um, I love gay bears. And uh, so for <laughs> yeah. our bear community, they're extremely social and they're very, they love to share and they love, and so that one has just developed and grown into one of our larger, more balanced uh, communities, so to speak. And so, <laughs> and so, so but then we had a client that was doing nude cruises and, uh, you know, nude resorts and clothing optional, that's all part of the LGBT community. It's, you know, at least on the G side with gay men, especially. So we created I Love Gay Nudists and I was really ex- surprised to watch how that one exploded. So. <laughs> so if, if someone were to say have a new song they're releasing and they yeah. want to advertise that, that would be a good platform to be doing that yeah. with your company. Yeah, because we have a strong we have a strong setup for I, with I Love Gay Music 
but then a lot of times they're they're touring and so when they're touring yeah up, uh promoting i love gay music and then like say i love gay virginia or north carolina or wherever they may be on tour we'll we'll cross those two over so they're kind of tapping into both markets and that's ah. kind of the power of that network is to is to do that that's that i just is, have to talk to you about that later. <laughs> i like that i love gay travel too that one i find yeah. super helpful that one's that, huge you know, that's yeah. one of our biggest and it's then, and pretty we, cool. Like you can literally just go on Twitter and like search some weird passion that you might have. Like I'm going to give you, I love gay cartoons because we got, we've got <laughs> a lot of gay, gay cartoon content coming up pretty soon. Um, yeah. Cartoon Ups is producing uh, the Lesbian Lounge cartoon, our best bits. They're doing Nobody Parks in LA, which is hilarious with Tay yeah. from, um, from Queer as Folk. So yeah, there's like you, whatever you're into, you, you're gonna find a, a Twitter account for it. Like an I love gay yeah. something. And it's just, I just <laughs> find it useful. And, and that's rare to say about Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? well, we, we, we build, we're building groups and communities. We build a community. So like what you're just refer referring to with cartoons, that would kind of, we would run that probably through I love gay fandom. And fandom is kind of a generic word. But mm -hmm. there is an entire world of fandom with, with hashtag gay geeks and gamers with a Y. Yeah. And there, there are entire worlds that are that are out there that are huge. And so all we want to do is just be part of those communities. We don't want to dominate. We don't want anything other than just to be a part of because actually the reality is most of them, many of the folks that are active in the fandom and gaming and geek community, they are so much bigger than we'll ever be. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But we just kind of play in their sandbox. Every one of the profiles is designed to actually be like a, it's all manually done. There's nothing automated and we're playing in their sandboxes and we're just simply contributing a bit. We're sharing things that we see, but then we share their content. We like their content and it becomes a two-way street. It becomes engaged mm -hmm. and it's, it's with all those communities. And so it's, and that's so what cool. it's yeah. just, it a little crazy that we have all that, but we're able to manage it quite efficiently. So it you, don't, you don't have like, do you have certain people that have that interest manage it or do yeah. you give like 10 to this person and 10 to that person and yeah, no, for, A, uh, it's uh, people that, um, uh, it's much more It's much more enjoyable when somebody's able to work on a profile or a few profiles that are more in line with their interests. Yeah. But the, folks, but the folks that work with us, we don't even have to like go out looking for them because they are already engaged with us. They are, they are on Twitter, they're engaged. We're, we're, we're kind of sharing back and forth. And it, and it becomes one of those things where a relationship forms and then it's easy to be able to have them, you know, if they're, if you could tell and somebody might be open to that, that then oh. they could come and do some work for us part-time. And, uh, and so the whole thing, there's no training involved. There's no um, education to say, you know, like, I don't need to interview someone and say, do you understand Twitter or why would you, you know, like, <laughs> right. all that is eliminated. And then of course the, the skill set translates into all the other things. So if we have a campaign on Facebook or Instagram, the skill set from Twitter allows that person to be able to easily migrate to the other platforms as well it's it's just it's really really interwoven you know yeah. it's layered yeah. and it's nuanced but it's it's um like I said I mean I can't I, I mean I found I found you that way yeah, you know? exactly yeah. we were engaged with each other we were engaged yeah. you're a real person and we treated each other <laughs> Pride Month, I wanted to keep things light, and it's been a while since I've seen both of you, so I wanted to make sure that we had a fun conversation. So, okay, so who's heard about Rebel Wilson coming out? 
I yeah. always thought she was out, so I didn't think that was news. Oh, no. oh that's she wild. Had a last year, didn't she? Did she? Oh. Yeah. That is so wild that you say that because, um, yeah, no, she she hasn't been, but this is her first relationship um, with a woman being out. Oh, Nick, give me yeah. the background on this about Sydney Morning News. Oh my gosh! Oh, don't get me started on this. Okay, so um, listen to this, Jay. Yeah, listen. Okay, so. <laughs> You know, I actually reported on this for LGBTQ Nation, and I was talking about how cool it was that she had come out because she posted on Instagram and everything. And I was Pride like, oh, this, yeah, it's Pride Month. Month. This is awesome. I love Rebel Wilson. It's like, who doesn't love the Pitch Perfect movies and Bridesmaids mm-hmm. and like everything that she's right. been in? And, you know, she is just so funny. She's a ray of sunshine. And I'm like, this is so cool that she's sharing this with us. Little did we know that she actually was going to be outed. And that's why she came out. Oh. um, It was like the Sydney Morning Herald, I believe, or, yeah. Okay, so the Sydney Morning Herald. Let me just name him, Andrew Horny. Hornery, Andrew Hornery, is that his name? Andrew Hornery. (laughs) So he's the one. And um, so, they reached out to her because they had found out that she was dating a woman and they're like we're going to release this story about you and this new relationship and we wanted to give you time to you know respond or something like yeah prepare a statement that that she would give it to them exclusively when literally it came across as blackmail yeah No, that's literally what it was. It's like, they basically, this is so funny because they were telling on themselves in the article that they had posted and basically saying that. And it's like, that sounds like you're, you're planning to out her when she has not been out before. It's like, you don't do that. That is so messed up. Yeah. I read this, this, what he's talking about. I read it and I looked up the guy and it was Andrew Hornery or something like that. So I said that uh, I tweeted at him that he was a fucking dick Perez Hilton wannabe. (laughs) And then Perez Hilton liked it and retweeted it. Oh, wow. Of course Perez Hilton would do that. What the fuck is going on with that? Oh, I'm in a tweet. I'm in a tweet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, I would not retweet that. What? That is so crazy. (laughs) It's like he was proud of it. You mentioned his name. Any press, right? Oh, my God. And, you know, here's the thing. It broke my heart when I read that because I remember interviewing Megan Mullally from Will and Grace, right? Karen Walker. yeah. Love her. She told me um, how awful it was for Sean Hayes, who went through the same thing. You know, for years and years and years, reporters would always ask him and he would say, not comfortable talking about it. Nobody's business but my own, whatever. Just didn't want to make a public statement about it. Mm-hmm. And got contacted by a press organization saying that they were going to out him if he didn't come out himself. And she said how devastating it was when he got that news, like how all of a sudden he had to, you know, like 
just like just come up with something you know not ready being rushed being blackmailed be you know and that it it messed with him so badly so when i read that that's the first thing i thought of was you, you know we want to be so happy and i hope that we've all made her happy with our tweets and our mm-hmm. posts and and everything about it um so that she doesn't feel bad but that story is not getting enough attention you know about how, you know how it came about you know i mean i think people are under the impression they were just scrolling instagram and went <laughs> you know you know what i mean but it's yeah. not there was so much more to it in the background and 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 i hate that for her i hate that for her it should, it should have been on her own terms 100% and then there's me oh I, she has a new girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> But she was always out. I don't know why. <laughs> I love that. You know, that, well, that's how, you know, we should be reacting to this news anyways, right? It's like, that's, it's like a, it, I don't know. It's a catch 22 because we should be really excited for somebody to come out. Of course, not in this situation because she was basically forced to, and she handled it with so much class, so much grace. Yeah. yeah. No mention of it, not giving them an ounce of credit. You know, that's what I like is that, you know, they're not getting anything but bad press about it. We're getting all the good press. So good for her. Okay. So this is what we suggest for watching on TV for the month of Pride. Okay. So who has heard of, (laughs) um, it's called First Kill on Netflix. Have you heard of it? It just came out this weekend, literally yesterday. And oh, I it, I'll get it. Usually you guys get things first, but go ahead. I'll keep an eye out. Hopefully, because it is a teen lesbian vampire drama series. <laughs> oh, I heard about that. Excellent. I didn't and know it is so good. It is so good. Wait, I Katie, you heard it. of it? I did, but I didn't know that was the name. I saw <laughs> something about it on I don't know where street uh, surfing. I don't know what do they call it. Scrolling, yeah. Scrolling, yeah. Surfing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, good. You it okay. Yeah, you should definitely, definitely give it a watch, Denise. When it comes to you, you definitely have to watch it. Okay. It's it's a fun show, and it's actually pretty serious for um, you know a show about teen vampires and um, she the main character she's a vampire and she falls in love with a vampire hunter she's like a monster hunter uh, so this is this is oh, a world where monsters exist and it's, it's kind of like a um you know romeo and juliet type of <laughs> excellent you know, yeah. Know, yes yes that's perfect that's a good way to describe it yep so we have that and then who has been keeping tabs on the new Queers Folk reboot? I haven't got it yet. I haven't. I haven't wanted to watch it. Peacock, so you guys get it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is the new one without any of the original people, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. It's a whole new cast. It's um, super queer. A lot of because um, I didn't watch the original, but I remember it was centered on, wasn't it centered on a group of, of like gay best friends and it was like yeah. all yes. it's birth, yeah. yeah yeah okay so this one definitely has more representation in it you know we see more people a part of the lgbtq family mm-hmm. and it's really good you know i was watching it with my mom actually and it came out thursday 
and we binge watched it Thursday <laughs> and we absolutely loved it you know um, unapologetic queerness unapologetic queer sex you know just everything is exactly what you would hope from a series today talking about the LGBTQ community yeah it's centered like around like a, tragedy like like the L word Gen Q, right? Like they wanted yeah. to have trans people and they wanted to have non-binary people and they wanted to have queer. They wanted to, you know, like really embrace, tick all the boxes, as they yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. The show ticked all the boxes, especially just being a really good drama, really good comedy. It's definitely something that I wish I were a part of writing because it's just an incredible show. Happy Pride, man. <laughs> right, right. Happy Pride. All right, well, we're gonna we're getting snapped off here in a minute. So okay, um, okay. Enjoy your week and uh, let me know. Um, let me know where you're at. <laughs> I will let you know what's happening, and I'm gonna be having a little more of this to start my night for the dinner. Yeah, that's what you do. Why do you always run back to? Like never stop chasing your dreams. You once knew you're addicted to a touch. That's true. My addiction. And oh, I could have addiction. My addiction is you. <laughs> we drank way too much whiskey. Don't ask me why I'm here tonight. I had to take this midnight drive to find you. And as I come in through the door, I see her dancing on the floor beside you. Is you. you look at me 
touch. <laughs>